0: Fight back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome
1: back. It is easier to keep on track with your regular healthy routine when you're at home and you have access to your family practitioner. But it's a much bigger challenge to stay healthy while you're traveling. So how do you do it? Uh, Let's go to Dr. Zachary Levine, our house doctor, and he has some ideas on this. Hi, Zach. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks a lot. Nice to talk to you. You too. It's been a long time. Yeah, it has been a long time. So what are your recommendations for people, you know, they're taking that trip but if it's going to throw everything off and they're going to come back you know uh not feeling so well being tired gaining weight all of that
2: (laughs) yeah absolutely i mean you know the first thing is plan ahead think think about it beforehand so that's the first step so make sure you have medical insurance for when you're away when you're away you know hopefully you won't need it but if you do uh you you will be very very happy that you have it and 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 the other thing the other simple thing is you know take the time to make a pre travel appointment with your doctor or or in a or in a travel clinic and do so at least several weeks before you go because if you do need vaccinations or what we call chemoprophylaxis which just means you know medications to prevent infection and prevent illness often you have to start that a few weeks beforehand in order for it to be infecti- uh, effective
1: and and, and sorry yeah. and it's no? also a good idea to get certain prescriptions, you know, maybe for antibiotics or something because they won't be so easy to get when you're in a foreign country.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The most common thing I see people uh, giving antibiotics for, well, the two most are one is urinary tract infections and the other is diarrheal type illnesses. We don't recommend that, you know, people take prophylaxis for those, but some physicians certainly do give antibiotics if if the person gets the typical symptoms of one of those infections they can start the antibiotic because yeah absolutely it's uh, it's a real pain <laughs> to have to uh, to have to find medications there g- get to a doctor and get a prescription so for sure it's a good idea so
1: you would have to get a prescription fill the prescription and uh, it it might be wasted if yeah. thank goodness you don't get sick that's good uh yeah. you bought the prescription but i guess better safe than sorry
2: Yes, absolutely. And then, depend- and then the other thing is, you know, depending on where you're going, it, re- it, it varies a lot what you need. I mean, some places you need all sorts of vaccinations, you know, like uh, Japanese encephalitis or yellow fever, typhoid um, and other places you may not need. You may just need your routine uh, vaccinations, but still it's worth uh, it's worth looking into, you know, if there's malaria in that place or even if there's the things that are talked about a lot these days, Zika and chikungunya, the, the things that uh, mosquitoes transmit. It's worth talking to your doctor about how to avoid those things, and if you, do, uh, if you do get them, what to do about them.
1: Okay. Here's a question that I have, and it's about uh, taking prophylactic malaria drugs. Yeah. For a place like India, my doctor says, oh, my goodness, you have to. I'm not so sure. <laughs>
2: Well, it depends. Obviously, it depends where in, in India you're going. So some places, there are two things. Number one is some places don't have that much malaria. And the other thing is there's different subtypes of malaria. So different prophylaxis will work for some types of malaria and not for, for other ones. And, you know, and I'm sure you know, I'm sure a lot of people know that some of the anti-malarial medications have pretty harsh side effects. Well, you know, exactly.
1: Methods. That's why otherwise yes. I would just, you know, if, the, if it was totally no big deal, then, you yeah. know, I just take it. But now, you you know, what do I need this for if I don't really need
2: it? Yeah, no, you're right. And it's uh, if, you, if, you don't, if you don't really need it, for sure, it's always the, the pro and con. And so if you don't really need it and you're going to have very severe side effects, then, you know, I think the con of taking it is, is more than the pro. However, if you're in a place that's really rampant and with a type of malaria that's really, uh, that, that's very severe and where people get very, very sick, then, then you should probably take it. And again, but again, you only, you'll only know that if you go in and think about it, do your research and have a discussion with your doctor.
1: Uh, yeah, and uh, I wasn't even aware that there are different types of malaria
2: Oh, yeah, there absolutely are. So, I mean, it's, it's caused by a parasite called Plasmodium, but there are different types and different types that are sensitive to different medications. So depending on where you're going, the recommendation for which medication uh, will differ. And, and so that's, you know, one of the reasons you have to see someone who knows a little bit or at least knows where to look uh, for what to recommend.
1: Government of Canada website is a good place to look.
2: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the Public Health Agency of Canada. and they have And you can search by destination. And and they will tell you exactly where you're going and what you need to be careful of for that place.
1: Okay, let me give the numbers out again. I am on the line with our house doctor, Zachary Levine. We're talking about how to stay healthy when you're traveling. And, of course, he's an emergency room doc, so he'll take your questions on other things too because he, he encounters all kinds of things in his practice and has plenty of advice for us. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 740 Four, seven, forty now i I think people are generally pretty aware if they have to get vaccines, travel um vaccinations, but yeah. in terms of just staying healthy and preventing coming back with a big problem, what do you recommend? I mean you know it it, it you know vacations are great, but <laughs> if you come back and suddenly you've got an extra you know seven, eight, nine, ten pounds, not so good.
2: Yeah, well, that's true, too. And there's an, so there's a number of things I would say. I, I mean, yes, people, yeah, people are quite aware, and that's good. And, you know, the regular things are important, you know, like just the things that we maybe take for granted here, but if you forget them, you'll be unhappy. So, you know, sun protection for your eyes and for your skin. Uh, if you're driving, you know, be careful. Get an international license. Uh, hand hygiene. You know, the stuff that's true here is true there as well. You know, washing your hands. Uh, if you're, you know, uh, sexually transmitted infections are a risk if you're going to be sexually active. And the other thing, and then, of course, water safety. You know, contaminated water is a huge cause. We talked about diarrhea. And the other thing that people may not think about is air travel, uh, not only the germs, you know, not only the fact that, uh, you know, the, that an airplane is sort of a giant incubator, but the risks, the other risks. We, you and I have talked about blood clots in the past and, and that there is an increased risk of blood clots after a long flight. And there's other things as well, including the oxygen, the decreased oxygen level in planes and, and the increased risk of getting a bit dehydrated. And, of course, jet lag and, uh, and then, of course, uh, the, the air pressure changes, which in some people can cause quite severe pain uh, in the ears on okay. descent.
1: Okay. Well, let's let's talk about those clots. So, first yeah. of all, if you're on a long flight, you've got to get up and walk around. How often do you have to do that?
2: I mean, there's no evidence-based guidelines. There's no question that uh, flight over three or definitely four hours increases your risk. And then every hour after that is more. I would say at least, personally, I would say at least once an hour to get up. And even if you're not getting up to, to do those little exercises with your calves uh, to move your legs. And in some, in some people, uh, depending on your risk, your doctor may prescribe a blood thinner or, or a baby aspirin to protect you or compression stockings. They're all uh, they're all, uh, you know, known to decrease the risk somewhat. So, depending on you and what you've had and whatnot, uh, it is important. But if if you're using none of those things, then definitely get up as much as you can. And one one way and even with those
1: things, I I want to talk about yeah. uh, compression stockings. I've used yeah. them on long flights. Yep. And this is this is a real victory. I forced my husband to wear <laughs> some. <laughs> can you imagine what that? is like I can, <laughs> or I can was like it's oh it is like this is this is a huge victory though <laughs> I, I i wore the big ones because yeah. we we flew to south africa he only would get oh, yeah. the the shorter ones but still uh still. it's something i mean you know it it's they're not the most comfortable thing in the world especially if you're flying uh somewhere hot but right. but it's better than the alternative
2: no, absolutely. And that's what I've heard uh, people complain of is the, is the temperature. So if it's warm out, they're even worse. Uh, but yes, no, absolutely. The alternative of getting a blood clot is, uh, is, uh, is terrible. <laughs> at, the very, at, at the best, having a blood clot means you'll have to take a you know, blood thinner for a few months. And at the worst, it can be life-threatening. So uh, it's definitely worth doing something to prevent it. And one thing, another way to force yourself to get up frequently on the flight is drink a lot of fluids, ideally not alcoholic types. Yeah. If you, you know, if you force yourself to drink a lot of water, then you'll have to get up and pee. And so that, that'll make sure that you get up regularly.
1: And what about this uh, baby aspirin thing? I mean, even if you don't take it regularly, is it a good idea to, to take some a few days before the flight?
2: It is. You know, there's, there's, there are risks, uh, you know, like with anything. It's not a huge risk, but if you, certainly if you've had ulcers, uh, you know, peptic ulcer disease or any kind of bleeding in the stomach. You want to be more careful with any anti-inflammatories, especially aspirin. And it it is a blood thinner, so you, you know if you if you get injured, you're going to bleed or bruise more. Uh, but if you're if you're some, especially if you have some risk for blood clots, and the 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 most common risks being cancer, being being on um, uh, hormones, uh, having had a recent surgery, or being uh, immobilized for a long period of time, then yes, it's It is usually recommended to take a baby aspirin start yeah start a few days beforehand and then uh, and then continue uh, basically you can stop once you've arrived basically cuz it lasts uh, a good 7 days it stops your it basically makes your platelets not work for several days so uh but it's definitely it's worth talking to your doctor about for sure
1: okay so that's another conversation with the doctor um yeah. and it, what what else should we be doing
2: well certainly i mean uh, it, it probably goes without saying maybe people don't think about it but jet lag it depends what you're doing, but you know if you've gone to South Africa, so jet lag like is a is a big deal when you're traveling long distances and many hours of time change, and especially if you have to work. You know, a lot of people uh, fly in and then sort of work the next morning, and it's difficult. And so, ways to ways to help with that are number one, staying hydrated does does help. Avoiding or limiting alcohol, inflate helps. Trying to sleep on the plane. You uh, you, could, you know again, talk to your doctor about the use of sleeping pills wisely. You know, not, not the whole trip, but maybe one time. And also light, getting outside in the light helps you adjust your clock as what, well as exercise. What, what
1: about um, melatonin? I've taken melatonin. Uh, it's a natural thing, and I found yeah. it worked really well.
2: Oh, that's great. No, for, exactly. Melatonin does work very well for, uh, for some people uh, to help them sleep. And, the, you know, what people like about it is it's a naturally occurring, you know, we have it in us anyway. And so it just, uh, it just adjusts the clock a little bit. And so, in, in some ways, it's a natural way to adjust your clock to your new time zone.
1: And you you, wanna, uh, you yeah. take it, I think, an hour before you want to go to sleep, something like that?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, um, you know, offhand, I can't recall, but it's something like that. It takes uh, a little time to take effect. It's not like uh, within five minutes, for sure.
1: Okay, yeah, so uh, people have to look it up. I yeah. have to look it up. Um, <laughs> we are uh, uh, soon running out of time. Zach, is there anything else that you'd like to add or leave I'll, us with? I'll,
2: I guess that we haven't talked about mosquito bites, so just because, the, you know, it's been in the news a lot, uh, the things, the chikungunya and the Zika virus, uh, avoiding, uh, avoiding mosquito bites if you're in a place that, uh, that, uh, that is known to have these things. Now, now, keeping in mind that Zika and chikungunya are not really dangerous for most people, uh, unless, but, of course, in pregnancy is when we really worry about Zika virus because of the effects on the fetus. Uh, but if you are trying to avoid insects, then wearing clothing that covers the skin, insect repellent with DEET, uh, and uh, fabrics with insecticides, and screens and tents. If you're, going to, if you're going somewhere like Africa or somewhere where you're really worried about uh, malaria and whatnot, then you should be thinking of, of things like screens and tents to keep out the mosquitoes, especially at dawn and dusk.
1: Okay. Dr. Zachary Levine, our house doctor, thanks so much. Thank you very much.